Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome into the West Side Sports Podcast. As always, I am your host, Dakota Esri. Welcome into the podcast. Welcome into today's show. It is November 18th, 2022. It is a beautiful day here in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, it is cold. It is crisp. It is beautiful. It is a great day to start off on, on a podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in today. I uh, appreciate you taking time out of your busy holiday season time and week to listen in. Today's podcast is going to be an update on the Kyle Lewis Cooper Hummel trade. I will give you everything you need to know about this guy uh, for a lot of Mariners fans who obviously didn't know who he was before the trade last night. I will give you everything you probably need to know. Expectations, uh, salary, arbitration, everything as far as this goes. We're going to uh, have a deep dive on the game that it was last night between Green Bay and Tennessee. Uh, Aaron Rodgers versus Tannehill, all that good jazz. We'll be covering some U-Dubs, some Kraken. Um, I will be doing Cougs in a separate one today. I'm trying to keep these right around 20 minutes for you guys. Uh, might lean closer towards 30 today. We'll see how long it goes with a couple conversations. But first off, thank you guys so, so much for listening and tuning in lately. The numbers have absolutely soared, taken off the charts like I never expected. And I'm so humbly grateful and thankful for everybody who takes the time out of their day to listen to this podcast. It is my pride and joy. And it's, uh, I'm just very humbled and very blessed and thank you. So I just want to take a moment to say thanks. Today's podcast is going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we're going to hop straight into it. If you do enjoy this content, please, I know it ask every single time on these podcasts because it really helps me out. Please subscribe if you enjoy this content. I'm going to have everything covering hot stove during the off season. I'm going to have everything going on for, for you guys. Um, also, a fun update, very exciting update. I am very close to getting my hands on some merch, uh, getting the merch store opened up here sooner than later. So that will be coming out here very soon. Huge update for you guys. Once that's ready to go, I'll be having a link up in the, the description down below. Okay, as always, we're going to hop straight in around and around the world segment, which I do here on every podcast. Kind of gives you an update on everything you're hearing from ESPN, Bleach Report, Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff. We start out with the game last night between Tennessee and Green Bay. Obviously, Titans win 27-17 in Green Bay. Ryan Tannehill had probably one of his better games he's had in quite a hot, hot time, hot minute, probably since he came back from the Miami Dolphins. Anyways. Uh, 22-27 through the air for Ryan Tannehill, 333 yards, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, he was effective, clearly. I mean, only missing on five passes. That's kind of some Geno-like material, but I'm not going to put Ryan Tannehill in the same conversation as Geno Smith because that's disrespectful to Geno Smith, you know, and Geno we trust. Uh, Derrick Henry, 28 carries for only 87 yards and one touchdown. That's 3.1 yards per carry average for Derrick Henry. That is not going to cut the cheddar that's not going to do it um this is kind of the formula that um mike variable has been using for a couple of years over there in tennessee they want to run the ball heavy kind of has a similar scheme to pete carroll with how they want to have a game manager or a quote-unquote excuse me point guard at quarterback uh, which is what you're seeing from Tannehill. This is kind of Ryan Tannehill is one of his last opportunities to really prove to this organization that they should stick with him versus Malik Willis. Malik Willis is so raw, has so much talent though. Um, needs He has a lot of work to do. We're going to get into that conversation on, on a different podcast because this is just more of a recap of last night's game. But overall, it was a good overall competition between these games, uh, between these teams, excuse me. Uh, rookie wide receiver who I had in my uh, on my fantasy team, but on my bench, of course, Traylon Burks finally blasted off for his first good game of his young rookie career. Seven receptions, 111 yards, and a long of over 50. They desperately needed that. Um, they don't really have much of a long field depth piece for the Tennessee Titans this year. Traylon Burks was their wide, uh, number one wide receiver they drafted after they traded A.J. Brown to the Eagles. Um, we all see how that's working out in Philly, the city of really love. 
Um, but overall, uh, Tra Traylon Burks had a really good game. Ha I'm ha happy to see that. But um, just not exactly the most fun game to watch in the world. Aaron Jones and the Packers, uh, only 12 carries, 40 yards for Aaron Jones yesterday. This offensive line is really struggling right now. Um, I'm glad to see Christian Watson, the kid from NDSU. Shout out to my uh, family from ND. Uh, who've been watching him for a couple of years. Glad to see him get on his, uh, you know, on his getting his young career started off, excuse me, with, with two touchdowns last night. Overall, though, just a lack of energy from Green Bay. It just kind of seemed like lax a day is goal take, whatever that they give us. I'll be honest, I, you know, I've talked a lot of crap about Aaron Rodgers inside the past. I have because it was ayahuasca and then it was a trophy and the feeling of love and then it was blue of earth and then everything else, you know, that we've heard throughout, you know, the sports world. That's off offseason and the hands of love. I'm not going to get any more to that because it just oh, just grosses me out. Anyways, the conversation about the, the Green Bay Packers now sitting at three and seven is quite simple, but yet so complicated. You paid Aaron Rodgers $50 million the next two years to be your, your quarterback. What do you do? Do you finally address the wide receiver need and say, we're just going to go out and get maybe the kid from uh, Tennessee. I think his name is Hooker. I think actually the Hooker's name is the, of the quarterback. Anyways, I'm clearly not up to date on my wide receivers and stuff in college football. That's not really my cup of tea, uh, but I'm learning more about it in general. But the, the point goes and the, the whole subject still becomes a very verified or verified, excuse me, content of Green Bay needs to address the wide receiver core in the offseason if they expect to even be relevant in the same, you know, conference as uh, the Vikings who are eight and one, Justin Jefferson making one of the best catches I've ever seen in my life last week. And Kirk Cousins is just playing really effective, smart, foundational football. Uh, the new head, coach, uh, new head coach over there, excuse me, in Minnesota, he's been life-changing for them. I'm really glad to see that there's kind of been a shift, shift of power. Um, I was a really big fan of Justin Fields coming out in college. I think the Bears have a lot of upside. The Packers find themselves so you could be right on the doorstep of getting the heck out, for better lack of a clean term, on that conference. The NFC North is going to be taken by the Bears and the Vikings very, very quickly. Uh, Detroit still needs a couple more pieces. Jared Goff is a decent quarterback, but he's not the future there in, uh, for the, the Lions. No due disrespect to Jared Goff. He's had a pretty decent season overall. He has pretty good yards, pretty decent stats, but he just has a lack of weapons. Obviously, Amon, uh, Amon St. St. Brown, even though I probably am not saying his name right. Apologies. Um... It's just an interesting conference. I've been a big fan of the Vikings for a long time. My family from up north there is a big Vikings fan, Skull. But uh, just want to touch on that game real quick and the outlook for the NFC North in general. Uh, congrats to Aaron Judge on winning AL MVP. And uh, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, old Goldie, one of my favorite players in all, all of baseball is Paul Goldschmidt. Uh, for a long time, I'm winning the NL M MVP. Uh, super well-deserved on both accounts. Obviously, Aaron Judge had a historic season. Paul Goldschmidt was an absolute Iron Man, a stalwart in that locker room. I've been using that term a lot, but I think that's really fitting for this conversation. So congrats to those two guys uh, on their achievements. Sandy Alcant uh, Alcantara or Alcantara, I don't know which one of the two it is. I've heard both from a couple different people. Jason Churchill, um, Lockdown Mariners as well. And then uh, Justin Verlander, the ageless fine wine of Justin Verlander. Congrats on getting your, uh, you know, another MVP, another award to your, uh, to your cabinet. Hey, you will be most definitely first ballot Hall of Famer. There's no question about that. So congrats to everybody on their awards this last week. Um, I'm going to get into the conversation about Scott Service not winning uh, coach and manager of the year here in a minute when we get to the Mariners. But that's going to be here in probably just a couple of minutes. So stay tuned for that. 
Uh, Bills and Browns game is a move to Detroit, speaking of the Lions, due to the massive snowstorm that is absolutely blanketing the Buffalo area and feet upon feet of snow. Um, it's amazing how Buffalo can get. I don't know if it's the last 48 hours. I don't, I'm not a meteorologist. I don't know weather stuff, but curious as to how long the snowstorm has been going around because the, <laughs> the area of Buffalo has gotten more snow in the last you know, 48 hours, however long it's been going on, than my area has gotten the last three years combined, which is just crazy to think about. But if you live in Buffalo, and shout out to those mom and dads who are out there snow blowing and trying to get the snow off their house so they can at least, you know, not have the weight of the snow and also not be snowed in and not do anything besides for being stuck in your house. Shout out to all the mom and dads and the families doing that double OT between work and then doing that work at home to get the snow off your uh, off your driveway because that's a lot of work. N- Ndamukong Su, a defensive lineman who last played for the Buccaneers, has signed a one-year deal uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles. Of course, the rich get richer. The Eagles are in a prime position right now to load up. Um, I believe this has probably got something to do with their first-round draft pick, Jordan Davis. I will do more insight on that when I, mean, I get more information but uh he's definitely a huge man a monster of a, of a person he's gonna do a lot of good things for that organization for that defensive line him and fletcher cox holy damn that's gonna be big and it's gonna be filthy and it's gonna be nasty uh last thing in around the world today it's a little bit longer than i normally do but uh, i'm gonna wrap it up here Gonzaga and the Big 12 have had uh, conversations regarding a quote-unquote expansion and mutual interest. I hope and pray to God this don't happen. Um, Gonzaga, I would hope they would actually sign with the uh, with the Pac-10. I got to get used to calling it the Pac-10 because obviously UCLA, USC are leaving in the offseason. So I got to get used to calling them the Pac-10 versus the Pac-12. But bringing in Gonzaga as to fill the loss of UCLA would be a pretty good filler. Obviously, the the football program is nothing to write anything home about. They're a basketball pretty much only program. No no due disrespect to their football players or to their football program. It's just if you think, you know, Bulldogs, you think basketball, you think Adam Morrison, you think of... uh, I'm really, I can't believe I can't pull the head coach, Mark, uh, Mark something, Mark, Mark Fine. Yeah, Mark Fine, I think his name is. Anyways, that's kind of embarrassing. I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but I, I'm always real with you guys and I'm a human being. So um, be curious to see what happens with that. I'll get more information as it comes available, but I just want to bring that to the surface and have that conversation here pretty quickly. Uh, Mariners, obviously we had another trade yesterday and we had some information throughout this whole course of the week. It's been pretty busy overall in general. Yesterday, the trade between the Mariners and the Arizona Diamondbacks was a one-for-one swap of Kyle Lewis, the previous rookie of the year in the COVID shortened season for outfielder slash utility catcher Cooper Hummel. For those who do not know, um... As most everybody knows about Kyle Lewis, for first-round draft pick, Mercer uh, came in, had a uh, tore up his knee in like his first year inside the minor league or organization. Came back, had a really good shortened year, about like 250. But that was honestly the year where like Luis Robert was having a down year. Eloy Jimenez was hurt. There wasn't much of any more opportunities or better options to win rookie of the year. Not saying that Kyle Lewis did not deserve to win. He had a good year. I'm not taking that away. I'm giving precipice. I'm trying to give a background as to why Kyle Lewis won that rookie of the year that that year. But overall, the story on Kyle Lewis is pretty self-explanatory. It's self-written. The poor man just could not catch a break. His knee, from many reports that I've gotten from either Locked On Mariners or other ones that I'm not going to cite because those are my personal sources, is that his injury has been bone on bone for a couple of years now. There's not much of any cartilage. It's just a matter of how much uh, irritation can he take from that uh, injury being bone on bone between his knee problems. So best of luck, best of wishes to Kyle Lewis. You're a great guy. Everybody loved you inside the locker room. They really did not want to do this, but unfortunately, the the relationship between him and the front office was becoming a bit uh, thinned, 
you could say the uh, least. It was getting strained. It was not great. It was getting a bit twisted, like you know, a churl you by Disneyland, right? Um, it's sad because I enjoy Kyle Lewis. I enjoy how watching him home run hit home runs. Excuse me, off Justin Verlander. Uh, he was a good guy. Great smile. He was a really good athlete, and then all it took was a couple of opportunities in center field, and it just wrecked his knee, and he was unfortunately never really to be able to be the same player ever again. Best of wishes to you, Kyle Lewis, for all your adventures and new comings in Arizona, and we wish you nothing but the best. All right, so that's what the Mariners sent over. I kind of gave an uh, insight for any people who listen from the Locked On uh, Diamondbacks people who are trying to get some more information, stuff like that. That's what you need to know on Kyle Lewis. Um, he's going to be a good guy. He's going to be a good, good hitter. He's probably going to be a slightly above league average hitter, but the matter of how often can you play him in the outfield besides for DH is to be the uh, ultimate question in that conversation. Cooper Hummel, very interesting prospect. Uh, we got back from Arizona, 27 years old, just turned 27, super young kid. I think it's the, actually, as I looked this up, he's actually 26. My apologies. Um, sometimes I can't even read my own chicken scratch. It's embarrassing as that is. Cooper Hummel, less than 200 ABs in the actual and uh, professional and uh, professional leagues. He's played multiple years in the minors. He has raked at every single level of the minor leagues. And Grant, I've had this conversation before with other uh, players in the, in the past. With you know they raked in AAA, but they never could they, they never could perform in the big league. You know the big lights, the, the bigger stadiums. You know blah blah blah. Uh, Cooper Hummels is kind of a flyer. He's gonna. He has two more years uh, or two more options on his minor league options in general, going down to the minors, which is super helpful, especially with roster uh, expansion and roster uh, depth and build. So that's something to kind of keep an eye on in general. The guy moves well, great athlete, switch hitter, which obviously they're gonna they're gonna cav out uh, or cav it, excuse me, because switch hitters are worth a little bit more. Obviously, due to the fact that you don't have to bring or somebody else in, and they can swap swap to the other side, which is why Cal Raleigh. Sam Haggerty, Carlos Santana have been so effective last few years. Um, great at drawing walks. He has had a little bit of a problem with strikeouts. Swing and miss last year was a bit of a problem for, for Hummel. He's a Portland guy, local dude, uh, PNW, born and raised. So they're getting another local guy in here. Little, uh, kind of similar to what they did with, with, with Matt Boyd and so on. So be curious to see what happens with that. He's probably, as the saying goes, he's a 4A guy. And for the goes, you know, was a 4A guy. He means he's... Better than AAA, and doesn't deserve or need to be in AAA, but he's just below the fringe of my major league level. It could be as simple. We could see a Chris Taylor comp here. We could see a swing change or a swing pass change, and then everything could, could change. Who knows? It's TBD. But Cooper Hummel, um, three years left until he's ARB, el arb eligible. Excuse me. Uh, tongue side a little bit this morning, but that's what happens when I'm ranting and raving and trying to get you guys all the info that you guys need about him. I'm really intrigued by this move. I like the fact that this guy can play catcher as well as the corner outfield. He has some experience in left field and right field, does not play any center, but he moves really, really well for the guy his size. Uh, swing is very similar, surprisingly, to Jared Kelenic. Um, Some people are going to cringe. Some people are going to say, oh, maybe he's got some upside because Kelenic clearly has the, the ability. He just hasn't able to put it all on in the same season so that's kind of the outline of Cooper Hummel um kind of the outline of this whole trade I do believe this frees a 40-man spot I have to uh, do some research to confirm whether or not Cooper Hummel has to be put on the 40-man roster I'm not sure how that works I don't believe he does because of his uh two minor league options left that does not I believe it does not have to require him to be put on the 40-man roster so it's going to be something to keep an eye on with the fact if they have an open 40-man roster spot, what they do, what they choose to fill with it. Um, previous podcast, I touched on the Teoscar Hernandez trade. 
So if those who are wanting some more information about Teoscar Hernandez, check out the, the previous podcast. Again, apologies for that. Um, I am still recovering and getting through and dealing with this head cold I've been dealing with for almost a week now. Thankfully, it's a lot better uh, now than it was beforehand. Hopefully, today's podcast sounds a little bit better than it did beforehand. I try to get the best podcast for you guys possible. So, um, And a quick report again on the Mariners, and then I'm going to transfer into the next section for you guys today. Mariners have shown interest in both Colton Wong, who's second baseman for the Milwaukee. Milwaukee Brewers, as well as Glaber Torres of the New York Yankees. Um, there has been a bit of a Twitter war over Colton Wong, and I was 50-50 to say that pretty much put put it blatantly and put, and put it fairly. Um, I thought Colton Wong was going to be pretty much the same player as Adam Frazier, looking at the overall slash numbers. They're very similar. Here's a big difference between Colton Wong and Adam Frazier. Colton Wong is a gold glover. Adam Frazier wasn't one time. Uh, but Colt Wong's been much more consistent with his glove. Yes, he's had some downside the last few years. Don't get me wrong. However, uh, Wong does have a coming off a strong year, the best of his career with a uh, 111 WRC plus. Uh, if you're trying to figure out what WRC plus means, uh, that's wins, runs, wins, runs created. So 100 is league average. So he's about 11 points higher than league average, which is a lot better than what the Mariners had last year at second base. If you take out the month of July for Adam Frazier, when he hit like three, four, 47, second baseman for the Seattle Mariners had a 60 WRC plus last year. Not good enough. Uh, it means no more Abraham Toro there. Hopefully uh, see a little more, maybe some more Sam Haggerty there at second base. That's his natural position. So I'll keep my eye on that. But the name I'm really looking at right now is Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres is very intriguing. A couple more years of club club control before he hits our arbitration is going to be something to keep an eye on. Excuse me. That uh, the Yankees are going to want a pretty good, pretty good price for him. He's a young player. He has good power. Pretty decent defense. Getting him and Perry Hill. Oh, mm, baby. That'd be beautiful. He's got a pretty good athlete. Good build to him. He's going to hit you 20-plus home runs a year, which from second base would be a massive upgrade over Adam Frazier in his, like, four or five. He probably had more than four or five, but Adam Frazier didn't hit any more than 10 dingers last year. So I'd be curious to see what happens with that. Uh, Colt Wong, Glaber Torres are two names to watch. Obviously, the price tag between these two is going to be significantly different. Milwaukee probably looking to shed some money. Uh, It'll be something to keep an eye on in general. Uh, His value will be a little bit less than Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres would probably go for, like, a Chris Flexen. Uh, it's because the uh, pitching you can never have enough of. And the Yankees were interested in Chris Flexen at last year's trade deadline. It probably cost you like Flexen and maybe like a Spencer Packard, maybe like a 15, 17 overall prospect. Uh, I'll be doing some more research on this when I get more info. But this this article and report came out earlier today on Twitter and Bleacher Report um, from, from credible sources. Uh, so no John Heyman, nothing like that. I'm not trying to sign a John Heyman, but... Out here on the on the West Coast, there's not a lot of love for John Heyman. So, anyways, that's kind of what the reports I have for you guys today about, about the Mariners, about Glaber Torres, Colton Wong. Uh, people need to chill out about the hatred on Colton Wong. He's significantly better than Adam Frazier. Glaber Torres would be an awesome addition to this lineup. Um, it would make it a little bit righty heavy, in my opinion. That's why I kind of like the Colton Wong. He's a lefty, uh, but. Uh, when I get more information, I'll, I'll give you guys some more updates, uh, insight and updates on this in general. The hot stove is up and going. We're tossing in the kindling, and we're seeing those beautiful orange and blue flames crackling. Seahawks, obviously, on the bye week right now. But one thing, a couple, two things I want to touch on real quick, and then we're going to transfer to Kraken and UW, and then we're out for the day. Uh... Pete Carroll said in Brock and Salk that, quite frankly, and to put it frankly, or excuse me, I said frankly twice. That's hilarious. Uh, they want to come back strong, driven, healthy, focused. 
uh, finish what they started. They don't want to. What they did in the first half is awesome, but they're not going to take anything off of what they did inside the first half. They're going to keep on churning, keep on focusing on the next week. Typical Pete Carroll uh, speak, for lack of a term, when it comes down to these conversations between him, Brock, and Salk, or whoever hosts it. So, um, the big question, the big, 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 big question that everybody's talking about, doesn't matter if you're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all of it, right? Reddit, I'm not, all, all of the sub things, right? Should the Seahawks extend Geno Smith? Should they do it right now? Should they have done it during during the, the uh, bye week? Some people say yes. Save save the, the overall value. How much money more or how much more money, excuse me, is he going to ask for uh in the upcoming offseason versus if you were to get it done now? That's a fair that's a fair arg- uh, argument, fair con conversation. If you do uh listening, I have not listened to, and I apologize, I have not listened to the Brock and Saul conversation with Brady Henderson that kind of went half viral, not full viral, but half viral about um if they were to wait till the offseason geno smith looking at like 33 million dollars a year i love geno we all love geno geno's a baller but 33 million dollars for a for per year for for geno smith youch now you're telling me 20 million dollars a year for geno smith i can get behind that i, I could probably approve he's playing for sensational lights off football he's one of the top five quarterbacks in football and all setting categories passing yards touchdowns efficiency uh qb rating all that stuff right so i love geno I love what he brings to our to our table, to our team, uh, the leadership, the mentality, the hungriness, the, you know, I ain't wrote back was great. Obviously, to start the season, beating Denver was a true treat. Um, but this is going to be really tough. I uh, I want to just toss this question out and be curious what you guys think. If you guys want to reach out to me on my Twitter handle, capital P-N-W, Professor, you can find me there. Um, should Would the Seahawks be better to sign Geno to a two-year deal, kind of like an Alex Smith when they drafted Patrick Mahomes, right, in Kansas City? And then go draft Michael Penix. Michael Penix probably cost you a high second, early third right now. I mean, obviously, he's balling out. He's having a great year. It's going to influence his draft stock, obviously. But looking at the kid, looking at his build, um, he does kind of remind me of Geno from the left-hand side. Kind of interesting topic. That way, you can maybe use your first-round draft picks, first and second round, first four picks in the, or I think you have five picks in the first 100. I know it's at least four, but... Uh, maybe you go out and you go get two defensive linemen hogs. Go get a defensive lineman and a linebacker. Or you do two linemen and two linebackers. Or you do a safety and a linebacker. Anyways, because um, Geno has really changed the whole drafting equation and for, for the Seattle Seahawks. Really curious as to what the future is for this organization at the quarterback position. Um, how quickly does it take for them to extend Geno? What's that conversation like? What are the numbers like? How does that affect the upcoming offseason with Russell's money coming off the books? Um one name I'm looking at in free agency early is Matthew Judon, uh, the edge rusher for the New England Patriots, who's having a monstrous year. Be curious whether or not he'd be interested in coming to Seattle. Uh, this would be the kind of opportunity when we had Russell on a cheaper, friendly team deal, and we went out and got Cliff Averill and Michael Bennett in the offseason. Be curious whether or not they kind of pull that trigger, but it's kind of TBD, and we'll keep our eyes and ears open as to what happens here in the upcoming ends or the second half of the year. Uh, UW, obviously, after the massive win from after or- after they beat Oregon this last week, they are set to face off against the University of Colorado, who is a very poor team this year, 1-9 record on the year. I'm not trying to throw any disrespect towards their way. I know nothing about their program after Steven Montes, who happens to be the new quarterback for the Seattle Sea C- Dragons, hashtag XFL. Um, 
be curious not what happens or you know how big the blowout is or what this actually means for the organization. I imagine this is going to be a pretty easy win. Granted, every win has to be earned, has to be given. It's not, you know, it's not given, excuse me. It has to be earned. It has to be, uh, you know, achieved, you know, for lack of a term. So Michael Penix, uh, Adunze, McMillan, this defense, it should be a pretty easy win, pretty wrap-up overall job. But uh, obviously, we'll see what happens this upcoming game tomorrow as, as they play and get ready for that. Um, going to keep my eye on Michael Penix as well as I just got done talking about him with this possible fit with the Seahawks for a later draft pick. I'd be curious what you guys feel about that. I think the fit's pretty, pretty even, pretty good. And then the next game is the infamous Apple Cup. Uh, we're all going to be ready and piped up for that. It's going to be a great game. See what happens overall in general. The Cougs have been sliding a little bit since they had a uh, pretty strong start to the season after beating Wisconsin. So fingers crossed we have a good competitive Apple Cup this year and see what happens from there. Quick shout out for the Kraken. They had an exciting win the other night, uh, defeating the Rangers 3-2. to two. two goals by Jordan Schultz, a goal by James McMahon and Jordan Eberle with two assists. Um, if you guys want more Kraken conversation, if you guys want more draft conversation, if you guys want more hot, hot stove rumors, breakdowns from trades, all that stuff, let me know um, on my Twitter or on my Facebook page or group, excuse me. Uh, Sports in the Northwest is my Facebook group. You can find the Teal Mariners Insignia logo on there. Twitter, capital P and W Professor. My name's on there as well. My, my picture, all that good pearly whites. Thank you guys so much again for taking the time out of your busy, busy Thursday day. Um, it's going to be a fantastic day. As I say Thursday, it's actually Friday because my days are all messed up. So hope you guys have a great day. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll catch you guys uh, tomorrow, possibly. TBD. CSCS Rise and, and Gino, we trust. Thank you, everybody. I'll talk to you guys tomorrow. Bye.